I agree with you, Kelly. There's no such thing as 100% passive income. Even things that are traditionally passive income, like uh, you know the stock market or real estate, those things still require some upkeep and some management. So there's no there's that is Peg Flynn, the king of podcast and perfect example of transparency in the online marketing world. He started his journey from being laid off from his corporate job to now generating over six-figure monthly revenue, especially in passive income. Since he has been interviewed by hundreds of podcasts, I try to ask questions which are solution-based for your business, yet manage to get Pat to dig deeper in his answers. Well, you let me know how I'm doing, all right? Please do subscribe and review at kellybother.com forward slash review. The key lessons from this episode. We demystified what passive income really means and how you can build your own. We discussed in great details about five steps to create passive income. One, how to take inventory of a business. Second, how to automate part of your business to get started and when to use software and tools. Three, how to decide what to hire out. Fourth, how to evaluate your current business models, especially for coaches who are still doing one-on-one programs. Fifth, how to increase efficiencies of your current business operating process. And we also ask him some fun questions, such as his favorite colors, food, books, movies, and hero. You might be surprised of his answer. Can you tell it's going to be a value-packed episode? Now, let's check with Pat. Welcome to the Christian CEO Podcast. I'm Kelly Bother, and I have built an impactful location independent business since 2008 with plenty of rejections, English as my third language, and lots of God's grace. Each week, we will be sharing relevant and direct advice or inspiring interviews with one intention. It's your time to go pro with your marketplace calling. Now, let's get to it. Hello, Pat. Welcome Hello. to the show. Thank you so much, Kelly. I appreciate it. Well, it's worth for the wait for a couple of months since the last time we met each other in uh, Chris Ducker's Uprno Summit. Yes, all the way in London. Yes. And you did a wonderful presentation that Thank everybody you. is just still talking about. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I guess I made a few people laugh and a few people cry. and uh, It was memorable. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, it's a lot of crying in the end. Well, if you guys <laughs> want to know, you just have to come to you, uh, you, uh, you, you, Perno Summit again. But we don't know when we're gonna see Pet again in London. We'll see. You'll 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 see me there again sometime. Okay. Anyhow, you know when uh, people thought of Pet, and I check a lot of with my tribe, and they all say one word: transparency. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, may I ask, what was the main reason you decided to share your, uh, the revenue uh, on your website? And do you have any concern when you 
uh, doing so? Yeah, I mean, I uh, started SmartPassiveIncome.com back in 2008. This is, this is back in October, actually. And the reason I started it was because I had started a business helping people pass an exam in the architecture industry. Mm-hmm. So quick story, I was laid off from the architecture industry. And I kind of survived the layoff by helping people pass this exam online. And that business quickly took off and everybody started asking me how I did that and was it real and, you know, could they do it too? And I, you know, I had never gone to business school or anything like that. And I had built this business uh, online. So I decided to share everything that I learned because I didn't even know this was possible. And it took me getting laid off to realize that it was. And those opportunities exist for everybody. So I decided to start smartpassiveincome.com. And in that first month, I decided to just be very open with my numbers because nobody was doing that. And everybody else who was teaching online business at the time was very secretive of all that was going on. And they were, uh, you know, keeping their secrets locked up in a box that you had to pay, you know, thousands of dollars to get access to and all this. And like, who knows if it was real or not? I figured, you know what? Like, I'm not, I'm not even going to try and make money from smart passive income. I'm going, I'm just going to give, give it all away for free. And I'm already doing well in my architecture business, so why not just for the first month just show people how much I had made from launching my study guide? And so I decided to share those numbers openly. Um, and actually, I was just going to do it for one month, but then that really, apparently, just caught people off guard in a way that was very positive. I got mm-hmm. so many positive feedback saying, man, nobody's doing this. This is so inspiring and so motivating. Thank you so much. I hope you continue to do it. And so then the, the next month I showed uh, that my numbers had grown and what I had done to do that. And people, again, were like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you shared it a second time. And now your income has grown and you showed us some of the things you did to make it grow. Like, I'm going to try that in my business too. Or This is so inspiring. So then I just kept it going. And, you know, I've never had any real concerns about it. I've had other people who've been more concerned about it because, you know, obviously it's kind of taboo to share all of your income up front like that. Um, It is something that now that the business has grown to where it is now, you know, I'm making over six figures a month. Mm -hmm. Uh, It is something that I that I have a little bit of concern about now because of just, you know, you know, I have kids and it's just it's just one of those things that might attract the wrong people at this time. So I'm making decisions whether or not I want to continue to do it just because of where I am in my business now. But it was absolutely necessary for me personally in the space that I was in at first because of nobody else was doing it. It's really what helped us help me stand out. And, um, you know, I, I just it's just one of those things that, you know, like you said, a lot of people kind of know me for as a transparency. And, you know, can I still be transparent without the income reports? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I could share uh, income reports specifically about one of the businesses that I have and, and, and or all the or all the businesses in a way that doesn't kind of just go, oh, here's how much money I made. But maybe, you know, here's one website, Food Trucker, and here's what we did to increase the earnings by, you know, 100% this month. And I think that could potentially be even more valuable. But either way, transparency is really where it's at for me, whether it's numbers or mostly the lessons that are involved with that. Because I don't just share the numbers. I share what I did and what I wish I had done, what failed, what did what went well and all, all those kinds of things. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's only good things have come out of it so far, which is pretty cool. Yeah. So, uh, and the other thing is, obviously, when we talk about pack fling, everybody is thinking, okay, that guy, that guy's very good at passive income. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I don't know. I always, 
I always share with my clients say, or when I consult with them, say, you know, there is no real passive income or let's say the passive income is started from active income to start with. Can you define for us what's a passive income for you? Yeah, passive income to me is building online businesses that uh, they take advantage of systems of automation that you can create, which allow for things like transactions, cash flow, and even growth to happen without requiring a real-time presence. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people think passive income and they're like, oh, I can just, you know, put up a website and then I'm going to be on the beach. And, <laughs> you know, that, then that's it. Is It's that easy. And that, it's definitely not that easy. And I agree with you, Kelly. There's no such thing as 100% passive income. Even things that are traditionally passive income, like, uh, you know, the stock market or real estate, those things still require some upkeep and some management. So there's no, there's no such thing unless you were in a movie and you get the royalties that might be the closest thing to just like really residual passive income. Um, but the reason why passive income is important is because it allows for flexibility with your time. You're not trading X hours for X times dollars uh, anymore. You can invest time up front, put things into place, very active income, uh, or maybe even no income at first, very active work. And then with software, with building a team, um, you know, all the things that we know about, we can remove ourselves from the business and the business can still continue to work for you. So instead of you grinding and having to put in hours and, you know, if you stop, then the income stops, you can stop and the income can continue to go. And, you know, obviously different businesses require different amounts of upkeep. But, you know, I have websites, for example, my my lead exam website that was helping people pass the architecture exam. I haven't touched that for four years. I haven't added any new content, yet it still continues to bring in a couple thousand dollars a month. My security guard trading website that I built as an experiment, which I did publicly. This is, again, another example of transparency. Mm-hmm. Uh, I built that publicly, showed people all the steps that I did to do it for free. Um, that website still continues to make a couple thousand dollars a month. And I haven't touched that for about three or four years either. So different businesses can require really little upkeep, but obviously I still keep track of them just to make sure that they're still running and that they're still updated with the latest content for that particular industry. Those two websites in particular don't require uh, updated content. They just require the right content and a finite amount of content. Other um, websites like you know, uh, Smart Passive Income, which makes money now through the recommendation of tools. So things like affiliate marketing, I earn a commission by recommending hosting and email service providers and all the all the other things that a person might need to start a business. You know, I can stop producing content on Smart Passive Income for a while mm-hmm. and blog posts still, still are found in search engines and they're still linked to on other people's websites. The podcast, people are still listening to older episodes that were created eight years ago. But I would imagine that, you know, at some point it would start to die down a little bit. But again, it's not about set and forget forever. It's about set and forget for a while. And then go and do something else. And something else might be, you know, maybe it is a two week vacation where I can literally not think about work and and things are still working. Or maybe it's, um, you know, starting a brand new project or just spending more time with my family. Those kinds of things uh, happen and can happen when you build for passive income and systems of automation. It's really where it is the tools and the the people that can help remove you from having that business still continue to, to work the way it needs to work. 
Awesome. So actually, my original, my next question is, what's the top five things that you can teach us how to turn the active income to the passive one? And I think you kind of mentioned a couple of components already. So yeah. one is obviously the automation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let, let's get into these five things. So one is actually step one would actually be to figure out all the things that need to happen for your business to run. So after your business is up and running, it's very active. Maybe it's a consulting company that you have or a coaching program. You do one-on-one kind of things. You have students or maybe you have online courses or, you know, whatever it is. You write all the all the aspects of your business that have to happen. Mm-hmm. And this is very similar to like Chris Ducker's, uh, you know, three lists of freedom, right? You, you're, you're writing down all the things that you do and things that you hate to do, but you, but are still done things that maybe you still like to do, but you know, you shouldn't do anymore, those kinds of things. And once you write all of the things that happen in your business now down, you can then deal with it. You can then see a particular task and ask yourself, okay, like, do I still need to do this? Mm-hmm. Can somebody else do this for me? Or is there a software that can help me automate this? You might also find that you can combine certain tasks. So, you know, there are, for example, tools, if you do any sort of uh, selling on eBay or Amazon or Etsy and things like that, you know, there's a lot of steps. A person buys, you get an email, then you have to get the physical address and then you kind of create the packing slip and then you go and send that in send them the product. Um, And then there's, there's obviously inventory and all this other stuff. Or you could use a tool like ShipStation that connects directly to all those different places even if you're selling in all of them, when you make a sale somewhere, you automatically get printed out a packing slip on a sticky that then you can put on a box. So it kind of cuts out like five steps for you right away. So those are those are examples of using software, mm-hmm. which would be the second step, like is asking yourself, can you use software to help you automate? And you only know what you need to automate after you start writing down everything. So write down everything that you do then start to see whether or not you can hand things off to a piece of software, hand a software, automate it. Um, if a thing still has to have a human being, if like, for example, there's customer service uh, and other aspects of your business that might require some personal uh, personalization, can that person be somebody else and not you? A good example of this was when I thought that I had to answer every email myself. And I soon realized that that was going to be impossible, especially as I started to grow back in 2000 and gosh, 2012, I think it was or 13. I uh, looked at my inbox and I saw that I had 10,000 unread emails. It was just it was just crazy. I, I couldn't manage that anymore. So thanks to Chris and many other people, I got some advice to go and hire somebody to manage my email, which I didn't know uh, was going to be so beneficial because then she only... She became my email filter, deleted any emails that I didn't need to see, was able to answer or forward people to blog posts and podcast episodes that already answered those questions for me before I even saw them. And then really teaching me that I only had to look at a certain amount of emails, not all 10,000. There were only a few that only I could answer myself and she could handle the rest. So again, automating parts of my business by having a human being under there, that's step number three. Step number four would be to also check in to see, well, maybe there's different kinds of business models that you can use that can help you serve your audience in a more automated fashion. So perhaps you do a lot of coaching and maybe you do one-on-one 
Uh, one-on-one is only scalable to a certain point because you only have so many hours in the day. If you have one-hour consultation calls, I mean, the most you could do would be 24 hours in a day, but obviously you need to sleep and it's not just the one-hour call, it's the preparation, it's the you know, the sum, summing up of the calls and sending them notes back, all, however you like to coach. I mean, that stuff takes time. Yes. But what if, what if you did one-to-many one to group coaching? So you have a Zoom call or a conference call of some kind, and then you have your students who pay you in a group come in and watch and you teach them and you answer people's questions and people, you know, will likely ask questions that other people have too. So everybody's kind of getting value from each other. And then you can do some really interesting things there by creating little groups of people and having people, you know, learn from each other, which you cannot get in a one-on-one environment. So you can actually benefit and get a give a person even a better experience or a different kind of experience at least while helping more people well let's let's keep going so maybe a different business model is well your coaching is you know super high touch so you charge a lot for that your group coaching you're able to help more people but it doesn't cost as much as your one-on-ones because it's not one-on-one but then let's keep going what about an online course where Mm -hmm. you are helping a ton of people without you get it without them getting access to you. Or maybe it's only access to you in, in, in a very short office hours window once a week or something like that. Um, that's a way that you can serve even more people without you doing it. And now the content is there helping them in a way that you would help people normally, but it's already put in modules and lessons and it helps walk people through that process again automatically. And you're able to serve more people that way and you can start making sales and make sales in your sleep if you if you get it right with Facebook ads or, you know, your organic traffic, finding it or however you want to do it, um, you're now removing yourself, but you're still able to help serve people. And then I think the fifth and and final thing that you could do in terms of passive income uh, would be to, you know, sometimes passive income is is not necessarily about creating new things. Mm -hmm. It's about being more efficient with the things you're already doing. So, you know, even even something as high touch as coaching, for example, you know, there's a lot of steps that go along with that, you know, finding and, and uh, maybe having a, a one hour consultation call uh, before that person decides whether or not whether or not they want to work with you. Sort of like a, a what's called a get fit call. Is this a good fit for us? Yes or no? Well, those calls take a lot of time. Well, maybe you can be more efficient and it's not an hour, but maybe it's 30 minutes. Maybe the onboarding process for your group coaching um, is going to be more efficient, something that could be done in half the time, maybe uh, the way that you keep track in notes uh, when you work with people one-on-one, maybe that's more efficient and you have systems in place and other team members who are helping you. You can always do things a little bit more optimized. And I think, you know, looking into your business and determining, okay, well, not what can I do that's new, but what can I do faster and more efficiently mm-hmm. and with keeping up the same quality, that's a good way to start the process of becoming more passive too. Yeah, exactly. It's that sometimes we are so, you know, trapped as an entrepreneur. We want to kind of do everything ourselves. The the, mm-hmm. the the way we think is like nobody is doing this better than me. Right. Yeah, but that cannot grow. So, okay. So Pat, you know, I always enjoy. Well, I have. I, I'm spoiled, spoiled because in inside you entrepreneur, we get to see that you know some clip of your on stage, and then your on stage performance. It's Bar to none. It's it's fun and it's emotional and everything else. Uh, so I'd like to ask you a few fun questions if you don't mind. Uh, so what is your favorite color? Blue. 
And favorite food? Buffalo wings. Okay. How about yeah, book? How about book? You know, my favorite book always changes because I'm always reading all the time. But I think you know, I have to give a shout out to uh, Gary Keller and Jay Papasan, which uh, who wrote the One Thing. Um, very important in the life of an entrepreneur is, is you know, one thing at a time. At a time. Yeah, <laughs> me too. And how about movie? Favorite movie? Wow,、uh, Back to the Future, obviously. <laughs> okay, except that one. I mean, that one everybody knows you love it.、So. Oh, okay. Well, then I like Star Wars too. Okay. I'm, a, I'm an '80s kid. How about hero? Favorite hero、uh, would be Elon Musk. He to me is a hero because he's doing things for、uh, for the sake of humanity, and he's able to think in a way that's very different than all of us. We have these limits in our brain about things that are possible and the things that we can do, and he's like, "No, we're going to go and colonize Mars. We're going to you know disrupt the automobile industry and all this stuff that most people would think would be impossible." Um, he's able to do and not even blink an eye at the fact that those things can happen. So I'm trying to think more like him. What big things would I want to accomplish? And you know, he has these major goals. I think my goals and all of our goals are always so so small、yes. um, because a lot because we we fear failure because we don't think big,、um, and that's why he's he's a hero to me. So if I ask you between podcast. Audio podcasts and video, which one you you like more? You know, I've been going on a video kick lately. I've been going pretty heavy on YouTube, and I'm really enjoying YouTube, especially for the creativity and the community there. It's much easier to find YouTube videos than to find podcasts. So, but I have to say, you know, the podcasts are still going strong for me, and the emotional connection that you can have with somebody on the other end of your show is just is just unlike anything else. It's because of the way that a person consumes the podcast on the go and for way much more time, and it's just easier to create too.、Um, so I, I have to say, even though I love video right now, I have to say I still am in love more with podcasting. And anybody who's getting started, I would still recommend starting with a podcast. Yeah, what is your thought on the Alexa breathing? You know, I think Alexa briefings are interesting.、Uh, it's kind of the new platform right now that people, especially podcasters, are exploring.、Um, Alexa, I think there's—I don't even know how many millions of Alexas there are in people's households, and you know, those are always opportunities because briefings are. If you imagine a person waking up in the morning and go, "Hey Alexa, what's my briefing?" It goes through a series of whatever that person chooses to listen to in the morning, from weather to traffic to maybe you. Um, and you know the briefings are typically much shorter, so for anybody who wants to be on Alexa like that, you kind of have to, you know, either take segments of your show and create a new RSS feed or create a new sort of segment.、Uh, because for me, my show is too long. Nobody's, you know, a briefing means you know what's a short summary or or something you can do. I know a few people, for example, Johnny Dumas, he has a briefing. Uh, in the mornings, for people to to do every day, where he reads them like a quote and inspires them in the morning, and then does a little breathing exercise. My friend Jeff McMahon does a little like fitness one, so yeah, one、Jeff. tip a day in the morning, which is good. So you know, there's new listeners, and because it's so new, there's good opportunities there. But I also hesitate to just encourage everybody to go on it now because there's just it's just it could be another distraction and kind of you know bright light. 
that's taking you away from the things that you probably know you should be doing instead. Exactly. So the very last question as well in the video, we, I can see behind you, that's a board. I think you show us in the video a couple of times, is that like a, all the, I pre, you know, I, you know, the, from the fans, right? Yeah, these are, so behind me, if you're listening to this on a podcast, um, a vis- visualize like a, a five foot by five foot, foot giant board. And on that board, there's tacked on handwritten thank you notes uh, of all different sizes and colors of, uh, from people who have, who have helped in some way, shape or form. And that's just a small percentage of them. I mean, I only have so much room here. I have uh, a number of them also posted up uh, in the front area of my studio, my video studio, because um, I mean, that's why I do what I do. That's my barometer for success. I know it's, it's not necessarily as, you know, fancy as uh, certain KPIs like, you know, conversion rates and sales numbers. Like those numbers are important, but the more of these I get, the more successful I get. And that, that's what I shoot for. And that uh, positions me in a way that, you know, I just focus always on serving people. And it's always about serving first. And if I can get a person to get such a good win out of coming across my content or listening to my podcast or watching my videos where, you know, it helps them in some way that they they feel inclined to send me a handwritten thank you note, then I know I'm, I'm doing something right. And so that that's how I know that I'm, you know, every time I go to my mailbox, um, I look forward to reading them because that's how I know that I'm doing the right things. And just the stories that I hear and, and, and how I'm able to transform a person's life. You know, my favorite ones that uh, are the ones that relate to family that say like, Pat, you help me spend more time with my kids. Like that's, that's incredible. And that's, that's why I do what I do. So that's why they're up there. Yeah. So, uh, maybe, can you, I have I so many, can you pick one, maybe the, the one of the specific moments when you open maybe that card and it kind of hit you a little bit harder than usual? Yeah. I mean, there's been a number of different ones that are very memorable. I mean, I told a story on stage about a guy in Poland, Michal, and how he was sort of bedridden for a year and a half as a result of an injury and discovered my podcast and had told me that it was my podcast that helped him get up and get inspired. And he even ran a marathon as a result of a goal that he set after listening to my podcast uh, in, in about a couple of years. And he had crossed the finish line uh, after having two severed or broken legs. Um, he was holding a sign when he was crossing the finish line that said, like, thank you, God. Thank you to his family. And thank you, Pat Flynn. And I showed that sign on stage. And Michal was actually in London for Chris's event, and he gifted me that same banner on stage. I don't know if you remember that, but that oh, was yeah, really special. Oh, yeah, well, we all cried. So. Yeah, that, that was a really special moment. And, 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 you know, there was another example that happened pretty recently with one of these cards. I got um, a card, and I opened it, and it was about um, a guy who said that he was really close to committing suicide and that it was my podcast uh, and, and a couple others that inspired him and basically told him that, you know what, like you have so much more to give. And he was able to then build a very successful business as a result of, you know, coming out of that deep depression that was in his life. He had, you know, gotten divorced and he had kids and he was just like about to end it all. And this note was very, very heartfelt and very real. Um, And it it made it like a lot of the notes are just like, hey, Pat, thanks so much, you know, and and they're very kind of just, you know, hey, thank you. I mean, that one, though, like went really deep. And so that that one, it was just really great because, 
again, I didn't even know that was happening. And you never know what's happening. So that's why I, I encourage everybody just to keep going because you, you have no idea who's listening on the other end. And, you know, the people who will send you these notes, they're just a fraction of all the people who are going to get value from you. So I would just encourage you to keep going because you never know whose life you might save. And, you know, I'm, I, I talk about building businesses. I, I'm not, uh, you know, a counselor or a physical therapist, but you can become that if you are the voice in people's heads and you can inspire them and you can motivate them. So that, that, that was the, one of the more recent ones I remember, Kelly. Well, we cannot wrap up the show better than that, but Pat, thank you. Thank you so much for today. Come on the show. And uh, we continue to enjoy, you know, your content, everything. So, where can we find you? I know this is a kind of silly question. I know a lot of my tribe they know anyway, but just in case somebody <laughs> doesn't know. Thank you. Uh, but you could find me at smartpassiveincome.com, obviously. And if you want to see all the crazy things I'm doing on YouTube right now, you can find me at youtube.com slash Pat Flynn. Uh, and then at Pat Flynn on most of the social media platforms that you're on. So thank you. Wonderful. Thank you, Pat. Thanks, Kelly. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. What a conversation, right? Remember in Exodus 18, Moses encountered a similar situation as entrepreneurs when we try to do everything ourselves. Verse 17, Moses' father-in-law replied, What you are doing is not good. You and these people who come to you will only wear yourselves out. The work is too heavy for you. You cannot handle it alone. Moses listened to his father-in-law and did everything he said. He chose capable men from all Israel and made them leaders of the people, officials over thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens. Are you at a place ready to automate your business or even just increase some efficiency? If so, you are in the right place. I have prepared several free gifts for you to help you just that. Just go to kellyballer.com forward slash learn. Again, that's kellyballer.com forward slash learn to access. For today's show note and all the links mentioned during the show, please go to kellyballer.com forward slash 048. Again, that is kellyballer.com forward slash 048. Hi there. If you have found this episode resonating with you, would you please consider to take a moment and drop a review on iTunes? It will serve a fresh dose of blessings to those of us who work so hard to produce the content week in and week out. And you will also help more fellow Christian CEOs find this podcast. Thank you so much. Remember, you matter. See you in the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Christian CEO Podcast at www.kellybotter.com.